Escape Pod 22 October 6th, 2005 Today's story, Don Isidro, by Bruce Holland Rogers Hello, I'm Steve Ely, and this is Escape Pod. I've been thinking a bit lately about genre lines. I'm just starting to go through all the feedback we've been getting with our Mirror Mask survey. By the way, still time on that. Check our website, escapepod.info. And I've noticed this is something a lot of people have opinions about. We've gotten a lot more people telling us, for instance, that they want to hear more science fiction than people have told us they want more fantasy. Within science fiction, we've had more people telling us they want more space opera, or at least stories set in space, than anything else. I don't know if that means these are the most popular subjects, or if it's just that that's what we've run the least of, escalating demand. But it's interesting to me how many people divide their tastes mainly along the SF versus fantasy axis. I doubt there are many listeners here who have a tolerance only for science fiction and are allergic to fantasy, or vice versa. They probably stopped listening after about three weeks. But a lot of people do know where their tastes are, and they plant their flags in one camp or the other. I'm going to stick my neck out here and suggest that, although there is a real, technical difference between science fiction and fantasy, a lot of what people find important about the difference is an illusion. I'll explain that, and I'll try to justify it in some future intro. What's also interesting to me is that there are other axes, ones that might even mean more to stories, but don't get as much attention. In both science fiction and fantasy, you've got a difference between stories that take place in this world, or at least one that's very familiar to us, and ones that take place in some other world. In both, you get stories about humans like us, and stories about other creatures who are only partly like us. You've got stories of discovery versus stories of introspection, and my personal favorite axis, stories of caution versus stories of celebration. If it sounds like I'm going through these just to set up future things to talk about, you're on to me. In coming weeks, I do want to try to spend some time on each of these taxonomies, and maybe others as they come up. Not because I think it's important to take a stand, I actually think it's perfectly okay to like anything and everything, but because mapping the territory can broaden horizons. If we tend to think of the fiction we like as being one thing, and we then explicitly look at other directions it can go, that might open up new possibilities, and possibly new stories to tell. And as relates to other directions, we have an unusually short story today for our weekly feature, but a very special one. Bruce Holland Rogers is a writer at many different genres, as well as a motivational speaker and a creativity consultant. He's taught creative writing at the universities of Colorado and Illinois, and he's led writing workshops in Italy and Crete. He has his own subscription service for short, short stories, which I'll point back to at the end of the podcast. Don Isidro is a fantasy story, and it takes place in our world, but not a part of the world most of us are familiar with. It's a story of introspection and celebration. It's also the story that won the World Fantasy Award last year. That's the most prestigious juried prize in speculative fiction. The story is read for us today by Evo Terra, whom a great many of you will know from the Dragon Page cover-to-cover, Winging It, and Slice of Sci-Fi podcasts. He's a great reader for a great story. So relax now and take siesta. It's story time. Don Isidro by Bruce Holland Rogers 
on that last morning, anyone who came to visit me could see that I was dying. I knew it myself. As if I had cotton in my ears, I heard the voice of Don Leandro saying to my wife, Donna Susanna, I think it is time to fetch the priest. And I thought, yes, it is time. We don't have our own priest, or even our own church, so someone has to drive in a pickup truck to get the priest from El Ponteseto. But don't be fooled by what you may hear in Malpasa or in Palapan de Baranda. Here we remain Catholic. Yes, we make pots in the old way. That is why tourists come here. And it's true, as is sometimes whispered, that we have restored certain other practices from the past. But not as they were done back then. Those were bloody and terrible times. The times of the Mexica. They say that the sacrificial blood covered the sun pyramids from top to bottom. Thank the Virgin, we don't do anything like that. A little time after the priest came and went, I died. Word spread. People came to our house. The family asked first for things of mine that they wanted. Then the other neighbors. Don Francisco stood near my body and said, Don Isidro, may I have your shovel? I need one, and your sons-in-law can dig new clay for Susanna. I said, take it with my blessing. Susanna said, he says for you to take it. Next was Donna Eustacia. She asked for one of my segetas for scraping pots. I said, of course, go with my blessing. And Susanna said, he says for you to take it. When Don Tomas came, he asked for my boots, the ones of red leather with the roosters in the stitching. I said, Tomas, you thieving rascal! I know very well that you took two of my chickens at night seven years ago to feed to your whore from Puebla. Here you come asking not for a segeta or some wire, but for my good boots. And Susanna said, He says for you to take them. Because, of course, she could not hear me. In any case, I would have let Tomas have the boots. I only wanted to see him blush one more time. They came and asked for everything that Susanna would not need. They asked even for things which it was not necessary to ask. They asked for things I had already promised them. They even asked for permission to dig white clay from the place where I like to find it. They asked, and I said, yes, with my blessings. We are nothing, if not polite. Last of all, they asked for a few of my hairs to make brushes for painting pots. They cut what locks there were with scissors. They asked for my hands and cut them off with a knife for butchering goats. They said, Don Isidro, we want your face. I agreed, and they flayed off the skin very carefully and tenderly. They put my hands in a metal drum and burned them. They dried my face in the sun. Meanwhile, they wrapped the rest of my body in a shroud and buried it in the churchyard according to the customs of the church. For a time after that, I was in an emptiness, a nowhere place. I did not see. I didn't hear. I couldn't speak. I wasn't anywhere, not in my house, not in the coffin in the ground. Nowhere. But that would change. All my life I had taught the other people of my village to make pots as I made them. That was nothing special. We all did this. I made my own Don Isidro pots, except when Dona Isabella showed me how to make her tiny little ones, 
Rodan Marcos demonstrated how he painted his. Then for a while, I would make tiny pots just like Dona Isabella, or pots painted in the style of Don Marcos. When Dona Henifera had gone to the capital to see the birds and the animals on ancient pots, she imitated those decorations, showed us, and soon we all knew how to do it. The rest of the time, I made pots in my own manner, though sometimes with a little touch of Isabella or Marcos or Henifera that I had learned from them and made my own. Now for the week after I had died, everyone in the village would be making pots as I had made them. Even the children, if they were old enough to make pots of their own. They dug the white clay from my favorite place, soaked it, filtered it, let it settle, and poured off the clear water from the slurry. When the clay was dry enough, they mixed in the ashes of my hands. Then they made clay tortillas and pressed them into big plaster molds for the base, just like the ones I used. Sometimes they used my very own molds. They made snakes of clay, attached them to the bases, wound them around from the bottom up. My pots didn't have necks, neither did these. The people, my family and all the rest in the town, scraped these pots smooth, rubbed them to a shine, and painted them with black paint, using brushes of my own hair in the designs I would have used, lizards and rabbits with checkered backs or else just checkers that started bigger in the middle of the pot and became intricate at the lip. Those were the pots in the Don Isidro style. They fired them. The ones that the fire didn't break, they brought to my house. Susanna put pots all around the front room and even in the bed where I had lain. But I didn't see this. I only knew it was happening. These pots in my house sat undisturbed. The people burned the brushes made from my hair. On the third day, there was a feast at my house. Probably there were all kinds of tamales, some with olives and meat, some with seeds and beans. Men and women drank pulque, and there was perhaps melon water for the children. The sun went down, candles were lit, a fire burned in my fireplace. At midnight, Don Leandro opened a box and took out the mask made of my own skin. He put my face over his face, and I opened our eyes. I came from the place that was nowhere. I was in the room. I looked at the faces, at the wide eyes of the living, Susanna holding her hand over her mouth. I saw my grandchildren, Carlos and Halea, Anna and Quinito, and for the first time I could see the pots in the living room. They glowed in the candlelight. Together, Don Leandro and I went into the bedroom and saw the pots there on the bed. We returned to the living room, and I said with our mouth, I see that I am not dead after all. No, no, Don Isidro, they assured me. You are not dead. I laughed. That is what you feel like doing when you see that you aren't dead. Then Don Leandro threw the mask into the fire. They wasn't in the mask anymore. I was in the pots. In all those round pots made by the hands of my friends, my rivals, my family, my neighbors. I was there in each one. The people took me away from my house, pot by pot, and I entered their houses with them. In my former home, they left only the pot that Susanna had made in my style. From that night forward, I was all over the village. People stored corn in me, or rice, or beans. They used me to carry water and I spread out from there, 
For if tourists came to buy pots and happened to admire me, the potter would say, Oh, that's Don Isidro. And the tourist would nod and perhaps buy the pot that he thought was merely made by Don Isidro. I am still in my little village, but I am in Stockholm too, and Seattle, and in Toronto and Buenos Aires. Some of me is in Mexico, the capital, though I am mostly still at home here in the village where I grew up, grew old, and died. I sit on Susanna's shelf where I can watch her make ordinary tortillas for her breakfast, or clay tortillas for her pots. She is old, but her hands are still quick as birds. Sometimes she knows that I am watching her, and she looks over her shoulder and laughs. Whether she can hear it or not, my answering laughter is deep and full and round, like a great big pot, in the manner of Don Isidro. And that was our story. I mentioned before that Bruce Holland Rogers has a subscription story service. If you like Don Isidro, I strongly encourage you to check it out. It's $5 a year for dozens of stories, making it one of the best fiction deals around. And you can find it at shortshortshort.com. I'm subscribed to it myself, and in three months he hasn't yet put up a story I didn't enjoy. By the way, it's been a while since we've done a book review. I want to remind you that those are up to you. If you've read something and you want to recommend it to us or rant about it, you can call our voicemail line at 206-666-EPOD or email us a sound file and leave us up to a minute or two of your opinion. I'll bet that the majority of you probably do read. And if you don't... Hey, psst. It's PodioBooks.com. Uh, what? PodioBooks.com. The best in free audiobooks, hand-delivered to your computer or personal MP3 player. PodioBooks.com. You pick the books you're interested in, and we'll send them to you one chapter at a time. PodioBooks.com. With titles in fantasy, science fiction, and even nonfiction, there's something for everyone at PodioBooks.com. PodioBooks is one of our partners, and they're one of the best places to get free long-form audio. Incidentally, Escape Pod is listed with them, and we'll soon be putting our past episodes up there so you can have an easy way to subscribe to us and get the full opus. They can share our files, and so can you, because Escape Pod is publicized with a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives license. If you keep us free, then you are free to share our sound. All other rights are reserved by our authors. Our music today comes from Daikaiju, taking the sweet, sweet sounds of their home in Alabama and ignoring it to make kick-ass monster surf rock. Find them at daikaiju.org. That's our show for this week. I'm going to go back to playing the game I just discovered, which is to Google the phrase, take siesta, and try to find the first results page that doesn't include the story of the Mexican fisherman. I should be done by next week, so until then, have fun. Have fun.